step further um, from the question of eating, uh, of drinking non-kosher milk. Um, so what's the difference between non-kosher and kosher milk? Um, it's fairly simple. Uh, basically, kosher milk comes from a kosher animal uh, that's already kosher. So like cows are kosher, so their milk is kosher. Pigs are not kosher, so their milk is not kosher. Um, and it's fairly simple because that's a fairly simple um, general idea um, that things that come from kosher animals are kosher, um, things that come from non-kosher animals are not kosher. Um, so um, there's some questions about honey uh, because honey comes from bees. Um, but what about pigs? What do you mean pigs? Interesting. I did not know that. <laughs> it could be. Um, so that'll be a good question. But I feel like it's going to be a similar question to the um, honey one, yeah. um, because honey kind of is made from bees. Um, the reason we actually—it's like funny. The reason we know honey is kosher, even though it shouldn't be, is literally because the Torah says so. The Torah like talks about honey, so like you can't. Like how can you have? Did you, did you have all the so the the one in um, the seven minim is Zuzay Ami, but in other places it talks about a few things. Yeah, but like so it can't be. It can't be. It can't be. You would have thought it wasn't kosher, but like it can't be that it's not because it's in the Torah. But otherwise, you would have thought that it wasn't. Like just as an example. Um, so is that just a general idea? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, but also, I think pigs are. We've been eating pigs for a long time. I, know. I mean, but pigs I are definitely good. <laughs> We're good. Right. Yeah. Um, so what we're gonna do? I know this is this is we've been doing this every time. Um, this is a little silly because I feel like we all know the answer to this question. Um, but every time we've been kind of asking the question. Um, yes or no on the question that we're dealing with, because what we're going to do is go through all the sources. <laughs> we're going to go through. We're going to go through all the sources, um, and then finally at the end we're going to go through um, the the suit itself, the the Rav Moshe suit, um, his question and answer. Um, and on our way, we're going to try and find the answer ourselves. So we're going to try and figure it out ourselves. So again, um, there's always a difference between um, there's, um, there's always a difference between theory and practice. Um, so even if you theoretically were to think from this um, that you shouldn't you shouldn't just drink regular milk, um, that doesn't shouldn't necessarily change what you actually do. Um, you, your community um, drinks regular milk, um, so you're fully within your right to do that, even if. It comes to that, so you can actually talk the yes/no question, um, even if you know what the answer is for yourself. Um, that shouldn't really be relevant. So, what what is Chalvisrael? Basically, um, the question is: Is does milk need to be supervised when it's milk, or when it's given? Oh, hey, how are you doing? Um, hey, wait, uh, grab a chair. Okay. Um, does the, the question of does milk need to be supervised while it's either being milked or given over? At some point, does it do need to be part of the process of the milking of the cow? Um, and if you say we need Chalvisrael, then the answer is yes. Chalvisrael milks some Jew, so a Jew needs to be part of that process. If you say you don't need Chalvisrael, um, then a Jew does not need to be part of the process. Uh, so. The question that I'm just gonna I'm gonna pose it before we look at literally anything is the question is yes or no do you need do you need chal and why or why not do you need does a Jew need to be part of the milking process? If they compare it to wine. Okay, good. So like wine, that's actually um, it's actually in Rav Moshe's Shuva. The, the concept of it being like wine or maybe not being like wine. So if a wine, if a Jew needs to be part of the process of wine of another liquid, why shouldn't it be true with milk? Any others? Yes or no? 
So I would say yes, because if you think about like anything that's not the original ingredient has some sort of supervision, and you can tell broccoli's broccoli, but you don't necessarily know where the milk came from because it's it's a substance that okay. So you don't know its origin. So I can't tell really what. Oh, those are two different things. I guess. Well, you're saying maybe it might be something else. It's not. It's not so clear exactly what the substance is. What might it be? It might be from a different sort of animal. Okay. So it might be from. It might not be cooked. Yeah. Right. So okay. And I think what they were maybe touching on also pasteurization has to go through you. So and therefore. It might look. It might look. Or, or no, so like, like, depending. I mean, I, I think the answer is no. But if if, yeah, a, yeah, if, if a place pasteurized milk in the same place where they also heated other things, it would be pasteurized. Oh, I think I assume that. Um, so so other 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 products. So even if they do. Um, it's the only other milk there is. Even well, if they. The last part of water. I mean, the one that comes out with with milk. It doesn't make sense in America. Yeah, but the they're talking about the Middle East. Right? Yeah, apparently. I think camel's milk. Even in in, in Israel now, it's a it's a problem. Yeah, a lot, a lot of Arabs drink drink camel's milk. So okay, so other other there are other kosher issues. So I assume this one's taken care of. We don't really which will. Do, which will say no, um, we'll still make sure like the plant is kosher. Like they're still going to make sure like everything else is fine, um, they, even if they might not deal with the milk itself. So going with the white wine, isn't apple juice and orange juice and all the other juices, okay. those are kosher with that? So I need to right. So other, well, yeah, so other juices, right? So even maybe it's like wine, maybe it's like other things. Good point. Any other yes or no's? What is that mean, supervision? So other raw ingredients, right? So uh, yeah, it's kind of like what you're saying with juices, right? So why should, so why should this raw ingredient need, need supervision when like, milk, plain almond doesn't need supervision or whatever? Um, so where does this even come from? So it comes from the source one, um, the Mishnah, um, and then the Gemara in Avodah Zarah. Um, would someone like to read uh, just the Mishnah part? These are the prohibited items for the non-Jew, but not prohibited from benefit. Milk that was milked by a non-Jew without oversight from the owner. And it goes on and it lists a whole other thing. So this is where it comes from, right? What, what are the things that you can't get from, you can't use that a non-Jew made? Milk that was milked from a non-Jew without Jewish oversight. So, again, which one here? Yes. Yeah. This is yes means yeah yeah so so the Mishnah says so right um, it's it's fairly um, the Mishnah saying so makes it fairly right this is the whole source this is why this is why this came up but did you notice there's 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 something odd here yeah um, I mean we're like we're kind of reading this how we already know it um, like okay I was thinking somebody might bring that up. So the Mishnah actually talks about Oge Kochavim, which is, um, it's actually translated in the Gemara as Barkibim, meaning idolaters. Um, what's interesting is that all the later sources just treat it like non-Jews. Like they don't care whether or not the person does idolatry or not. Um, so in the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Um, you, I wonder if, if, I wonder if like maybe they have a, there were a lot of texts where they took out Ode Kochavim as just in gray. Like I wonder if that's what's going on. Um, but it doesn't seem to matter. It seems to think that um, all the sources will treat just treat it like non Jews. They don't they don't differentiate, oh, if he's an idolater, then it's a problem, and if he's not, then it's not a problem. No one seems to discuss that. Um, okay. So the Gemara, the Talmud, goes on on that Mishnah and kind of and limits it a little bit and says, okay, this isn't always true, it's just usually true. Um, 
Yoshev Yisrael, so this is where the Gemara is. Yoshev Yisrael Besad Edrel, so a Jewish person is sitting next to the flock, like a non-Jew has all his cows, um, and a Jewish person is sitting right down the road so that he, he can fix it. Um, and a non-Jew, or an idolater, but a non-Jew, we'll just say, um, milks the cow from his flock and brings it to you, you're allowed to drink it. So that seems to contradict our Mishnah, right? Because we said, like, this is the whole thing. You know, if you're not watching, um, you can't, you can't, you know, if no one's watching, you can't drink it. If somebody's watching, you can drink it. So what's going on here? So hey, dummy, what is the, what is going on here? Like, what's this case where it says it's okay to drink the milk? If there's absolutely no, um, like pigs or camels or no non-kosher animals in the flock, then of course it's okay. This is something I don't know if we assumed before, um, but you you got kind of took shot at it just a little bit. Is what other animals are you going to milk from? Right? Let's say they don't have any camels, they don't have any pigs, they don't have anything that makes non-kosher milk. They go milk there from their cow flock, and they bring you milk. What else could it be? Right? It can just be cow milk. Right? There's like no other real option other than what they just did. Right? So that's obvious, according to Mishnah. That, then it would be okay. The Ideleka Tzivartame Bejo Amai. And if there is pig, pig or camel in the flock, then why should it be okay? Right? So, like, we said it's okay, but if there is other stuff, other other animals, then it shouldn't be okay. And if there aren't any other animals, then it should not, then it definitely should be okay. So, like, what's the case? Um, Really, okay, there are there are pigs. He has like a full farm where he has cows and pigs and animal fun. Um, and this is talking about a case where you can see them, but only if you stand up. Um, you're in a scenario where like he goes into the barn. Inside the barn, there's all these all these animals, and he comes out and brings them up. You're sitting right outside. If you stand up, you look right into the window and you see the guy, um, what he's what he's milking. But you're sitting down and you're not looking. So in that case, like you're not really watching him, but you could be watching him. So the Gemara says in that case, um, this is the case where it's okay. Kevan diyasiv lo even though. Um, you're, when you're sitting, you're, you might not see him. Um, um, you would, when you're sitting, you don't see him. You might have thought um, that he would, he would like take the pig's milk. But I know we learned from this that Kavan just because you can learn from it, you can see him if you want to. That he would be afraid to mix something in. And this is the first concept that we're going to get to called mirtat, um, this idea of fear. Um, this idea of somebody being afraid um, to mix, to, to, to give you the wrong thing. Um, so when they yeah. say unclean animal, it means not kosher. Okay, so it's the pig or animal because. Okay, I what do you mean? Because when it comes to like slaughter, for instance, the whole thing is like it's the meat is kosher. You're still going to be kosher. You just have a gluten kosher. You have to get a different kosher. Yeah. Um, so this and would. I guess in yeah. Eli, I mean, the relationship. Doesn't pay attention
Um, there are rules where calories get enough, then it won't be kosher the next. Um, so that would be true also. So I mean, so that's part of the um, a reason for the, yeah. A, a reason for therefore maybe yes because right because not only might it be from a non-kosher, it might be from a from a from a like a a not healthy cow. Not usable um, in theory. Yeah. Um, <laughs> any any questions about this source? Uh, yeah, I have a question. Yeah. So when it says that it's obvious that if there are no unclean animals in the flock, that you must be okay with doing. Mm -hmm. Does that mean if there's a zoo sitting there, or either way? It seems like either way. There's actually an argument in German, but um, it seems like either way. Um, so based on that idea, yes or no? Like in, let's say you have a cow farm. Do you need somebody to watch? If you're understanding that it's either way, then no. Right, then no, because um, it's called the Ezra. Um This idea of Bedro, that if there's nothing in the flock, if there's no bad, um, sorry about the, I know, but it's not worth it. Um, this, this, this idea, if there's no, if he has no non-kosher animals, then what's the worry? And this is the case in America for, like, you know, who drinks almond milk or like pig's milk? Like these are just not things that people do. Like it's just not normal. Um, in like an everyday lifestyle, like I would never imagine going to a dairy farm and like they am also having a camel there to, to to make camel's milk for all those people that want. Like it's just not a feasible thing. So this is actually a big on the side of no. Um, it's one of the bigger ones um, that we're going to get to. Um, what does the edro mean? Um, in his book. So um, well, is there any other no's that you might get from here? Or yes? I have a question on that. I mean, yeah. I just want to dig into it a little bit. Is, yeah. is there, um, on a meta-halach level, is there any issue one way or the other with drawing halachic conclusions based on specific circumstances in a particular case that you can turn? This is something I think about all the time, but like, it happens to be true that there are certain things that are too inconvenient for us, yeah. even kosher, shabbat, whatever, in our society, but those other people in the society have absolutely no vested interest in keeping those things the way up. So food craziness happen all the time. Maybe 10 years from now, people are going to go, you know, it's really awesome pig's milk. And like suddenly there'll be this pig's milk production factory alongside the cow's milk farm. And like, I don't know if that's a thing. Do they have a lot of shit? Or do they, right? So that's the, I mean, the question becomes like, you know, is it okay to change the halacha when the circumstances change and everybody's going to be accustomed to that halacha? So we got a harder So it's literally, you just like said the opinion of the fucking so fair is basically like even though it probably is okay, we're just not going to say it's okay because who's to say that this situation in in the United States is going to stay the way it is? It's like actually almost exactly the opinion of the fucking so fair, and it might even be um, it might be like a really important thing. Um, yeah, which is the deal. I mean, this is from the probably before. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Oh, definitely. They definitely were. I mean, probably more times. Yeah. Any other no's in America? Any other no's for why you don't need Chavisel, why you don't need a zoo to look after the milk? So I actually thought about that. Like, why, why not just, like, really a lot of Jews should just, like, become government inspectors. You know, like, it would solve everyone's problem if, like, everyone did that. Um, <laughs> ah, there you go, man. He's in charge of the whole thing. And that, that's fine. Um, 
so there's this idea of near path at the bottom um, that becomes an important one, is that the whole point of you being able to see is because he's afraid. And what's more scary um, than like an inspector, right? Yeah. So there, there is inspection. Yeah, so it actually could be later on, um, but it's like it's like the exception is the rule we're gonna go. Um, basically, when you when you when you mix things together, um, you know it, it's like a whole bunch later. It might matter, but like I'm um, three steps later, then we're gonna go. It, it, what happens if you know somebody did mix in some of the kitchen out? And then and then if you and then before it was tested, yeah. Um, there's there's an argument whether or not it's this means one and sixty or one and two. Um, okay, it's like a whole exactly. But, exactly. but just to, that's why I was gonna uh, leave it out. Like, I mean, uh, we don't we don't see that it's the uh, like we, we can see utensils right. to make them kosher, but it's not like you can take right. unkosher food and heat it up and make it kosher. I mean, if you're undergoing like structural denial, it's a shared product that I would imagine. Yeah. Right, right, right. Right, so that's true. I'm sorry, I didn't see that. Yeah, it's something. It's something. It's very, it's very specific to that. Um, okay, so I think now, like, we have a whole lot more on yes, so we're going to have to balance it out a little bit. Um, so source two is, is balancing out a little bit. Um, it's the Talmud and Shavuot is or Shavuot. The, the Shavuot here isn't um, isn't like the holiday. It's like promises um, or vows. Uh, so would someone like to read first too? Rabbi Yosef Hagiriyim said, "If he is called to testify or hear or he hear or he knew." The verse is talking about witnessing with seeing and not knowing or knowing without seeing. So there's there's a pasuk that talks about if he's called to testify and he heard or he knew. Right, if he heard. So the pasuk is talking about two different cases of when he can testify. He can testify if he saw it or if he heard it, that he knows it. He knows it, he knows it that it happened or that he saw it. Something meaning like, meaning like, um, so uh, two people did a financial transaction. You either know it happened, or you saw it happen, and either way, you can testify in the case. What's knowing about? Right. So that's going to be the whole question. Um, I can imagine you didn't see the, um, you didn't. I mean, in this case, um, you maybe you saw the. Um, like the bank accounts change, you saw the paperwork, but you didn't see like the actual transaction. You saw all the paperwork surrounding it. You like followed the money, and you know. I mean, like a very much easier example is like somebody's running into an alleyway with a knife, and like comes out, and like there's you know something, there's bloody stuff inside, and you're like, okay, I didn't see you attack that person, but I know you did because like what else in the world just happened, right? So like. I mean, he's specifically talking in monetary cases, but there's this idea of knowing without seeing. And you can testify with knowing without seeing. If there's such a thing as knowing without seeing, does that matter um, with all of Israel? Does it matter that we need to see it? Yeah, yeah, you need good evidence. You need to know. You need to be sure. You need to be to have a word. Right? You need to know. You need to be clear. You need to like be a hundred you know, whatever as certain as you could possibly be. So if there's such a thing as like knowing something that has like the value of seeing it, right? It's so you know it so well that it's like you saw it. So then yes or no. Like so no, right? So you can know. How do I know? 
How do I know that the milk is kosher? So you have a trustworthy source, probably the inspector, right? So somebody is checking, so you know the milk is milk. Because like, you have a milk farm, there's only cows, somebody comes and inspects it all the time, so you know, like I, I didn't see them milk the cow, but like, how, how else did that milk happen, right? Any, obje any objections? Yeah, because it's So essentially, you're talking about like covering. Maybe they're like paying the inspectors to take. Good. Well, I maybe see. there's only one inspector to inspect like thousands and thousands of animals. Yeah. Right? So so well yeah. So you need to know. You need to know. So your last case, this wouldn't this wouldn't be on the no side. The inspectors wouldn't matter. They need to actually be inspecting. But the bribes thing is actually something that we're mostly talking about. Um, what if somebody's going to literally just pay people off? And in which case, how in the world you can't know, maybe they're bribing. Um, it's not in the one. There's actually three Sufim about Kavishal in a row. Um, I just took the first one because it's the main one. Um, in the second one, he talks about that. And we'll get to that um, at the end. Okay. <laughs> Which somewhat, so on the other side, we're, we're going to flip back and forth, I think. Um, so on the other side, source number three. Oh, not on the other side. That's the case. <laughs> the other side of yes or no. Um, would someone like to read source three? Yep. But if he was made with a thorn, and all Edith made with stones, and made a stone to be removed. So this is another general concept, a general concept of Davar Shabbaminion. Um, something that's a Davar Shabbaminion um, is a edict that was made with the Sanhedrin um, that was made like as law. So like imagine like Supreme Court ruling. So something that has a Supreme Court ruling needs another Supreme Court ruling to undo it. Right? Like the Supreme Court can't decide something and then some district court decide that that's not applicable. I mean unless it works that way. Yeah. Right. So unless unless walks <laughs> right um, So um, but in general, right, in general, that makes sense. So there's a halakhic concept that if uh, something is made with the Sanhedrin, it can't be undone with the Sanhedrin, without a Sanhedrin. So with Kal of Yisrael, does this fall into that? Does, does this idea of we have a law that says you can't drink milk unless you see it, does that fall into this? It might. Why or why not? Uh, we don't have a clue to what I assume that it's either not the best source or the only way that it can happen. It was. And we certainly don't have any more. Right. So we just have this thing. Okay, so I'm just going to put the other thing in there. But yeah, well, then. For it to go on that um, side, it seems like there needs to be some information that we don't have on this case, but there was some other decision. So based on, if we're basing it off of the Mishnah, then. Explanation doesn't seem to put it first on that side. Okay, good. Yeah. No, that's exactly. These are literally the two sides that mm. people are going to argue about on this thing. Um, is um, so it's not it's not right? So it's not that it's not It's not an edict. It's just a rule that was made, and like it was qualified a whole bunch. And the fact that they were able to qualify it later kind of proves that it wasn't an edict. At the same time, it's just stated in the Mishnah. So it's going to be a whole conversation um, whether or not this applies. Um, is it something, is it a blanket rule that's just a rule that we can't get rid of? Or is it dependent on whether or not the um, specifics matter? Um, so basically, um, there are some earlier I mean, our Hashel comes later. Um, I use that as the example um, just because I think it's good to talk about. Um, the Aruch Hashel is that uh, brown set that's right there um, on the second on the second top shelf. 
um, it's basically it's a contemporary of the Mishnabura, um, and until about 50 years ago, it was like this de facto halakha book that anyone went to. Um, the Mishnabura has become more popular now, um, but it's like the rabbi's Mishnabura, uh, kind of. That's kind of what it's become, um, because he himself was, first of all, it's on everything, um, but he himself was a shul rabbi, um, so he has like a little more understanding of things, um, and also he tends to care about like tradition and like what people are doing. Um, the Mishnah Guru is kind of very cold at times, where he's like mechanical, like oh this says you know kind of like nasty. Um, when the Aruch kind of leads in, this is what people are doing and this is what our parents did and, and things like that. Um, so because of that, um, the Aruch Hashokhan, in where the Aruch Hashokhan lives, he, they all kept the Chal Yisrael. So, and, and, sorry, and, if we look in, if we look in the Shulchan Aruch and the Ramah and like all the general Halakhi sources, um, they all just quote the Gemara saying that you need to have a, you need to have a non-Jew. You need to have a Jew lost in it. And he writes, It is clear from all our rabbis that brought this law, even in places where it is not relevant at all, to have non-kosher milk as part of the mixture. Even so, it is not allowed unless there is a Jew there where, when the milking occurs, or they, or they come in and out. It is fine if even a child, um, or like a male child or female child, would do so. Um, so, Basically, the Yarka Shokhan says, a Jew needs to watch it, or a Jew at least needs to be coming in and out. Um, needs to be, like, surveying the area. So the threat of surveillance is, going back to the Mirchand, is just the fear of knowing somebody might come in. Um, and therefore, in our concept, basically, um, you would need Chalvizel. You would need to at least have a Jew at least possibly going in and out. Um, of every milk farm in the country uh, to be able to say you would need milk. And a lot of what he says is actually something um, that was said much earlier um, was this idea of who says it might not change. Like this is what our grandparents did, this is what my parents did, this is what we're all doing. We can't just change it because what happens if the situation changes, then we won't know what we're doing. Um, and so therefore, and kind of weaves that in. Um, so it's interesting. Because uh, for him, um, generally, um, popular practice tends to be on the lenient side. Um, but he's going popular practice on the stringent side and saying that even though it might be that it's okay, all the rabbis seem to say that it's not okay, and we don't do that. We don't drink it. So it's definitely not okay. Um, there's one extra piece that he puts in. Um, is this idea that he br they brought the law in the cases that it isn't relevant. Um, so something that I've been learning about now, about milk, apparently pig's milk and camel's milk looks different. Um, like if you were to give somebody, if I were to give you a cup of camel's milk, you would like know instinctively that this is not regular milk. I have no idea. Right, but not even <laughs> drinking it. I mean, just looking at it. Right. So like, it's kind of like, I, I imagine soy milk. Like I feel like if I look at a cup of soy milk, I know that it's not regular milk. And it might be good. But I know that it's not milk because, like, it doesn't look like like it has that like rubbery look to it. You know what I'm talking about? So, um, so basically, that taste seems to make you think, like, why is this relevant at all? You know, if somebody goes into the farm and gives you a cup of cow's milk, pig milk, or sheep milk, or whatever, you'll know it's not cow's milk. It's like, what is this? Even it doesn't make sense. And therefore, since it doesn't make sense at all. Of course it should be like this. Because like it seems like the reason isn't really the reason that they're giving. The reason isn't really because well, they might be relevant. Yeah. Right. And but what if they give you just a tiny little bit? But then it won't be it'll be it'll be nullified. I mean like if it's enough Maybe, maybe it's more than that. Wait, what? Is it to nullify? You can make something kosher? If you have a little, even if you have so a little bit of something not kosher, you, you have more you kosher? You can do it, um, 
you can do it on a, um, I mean, after the fact, yeah. If you have a piece of pepperoni on a big piece of pizza. No, no, because you can, right, no. It's, it's, well, the pizza might be, but the pepperoni is not. The, um, uh, so this is talking about a case in a real mixer when you can't, like, tell which one's which, right? So, like, the case that normally comes up is if you have a bowl of chillings and uh, a drop of milk falls in. So like the chillings still gonna be okay because just a little bit of milk. It needs to be less than one fifth cup. That's the general idea. It has to be yeah, because you can just take the pepperoni off, you know. Um, so anyway, so that's the Arakat Shulchan, and he really goes on that tradition idea. Um, <laughs> that's actually the most common thing that comes up um, generally, like people asking these type of questions, and usually it's like. So what's really interesting is that the Radbaz says basically the opposite and for the same reason, um, which is kind of weird. Um, would someone like to read the Radbaz? Uh, this question is clear. The cheese is prohibited with quorum as it is written in Talmud, but not so with milk. The milk of a non-Jew is prohibited because of the fear of there being some non-kosher milk in it. It was complete edict, and they would not have allowed all these cases, and that is what is written in all the recites. So it's literally what Emily said. Um, so it's not Davar Shavimian. How do we know? Because the Gemara gives all these cases where it's not relevant. Like, if it was a blanket rule that, like, you always needed a Jew to be watching, then they wouldn't give all these options. Like, oh, there's somebody that goes and watches. Oh, it's because they're afraid. Oh, it's because of this. It's because of that. Like, they wouldn't be able to give all these, like, Weird cases, if uh, yeah, there wouldn't be loopholes if it was a full edict. Um, meanwhile, with cheese, which is um, a different thing, um, that's a core. So therefore, we need a thing. Uh, uh, we need a Sanhedrin to get rid of that if we wanted to, but not with milk. So therefore, you would be allowed to drink the milk. Um, the Prichadash basically says the exact same thing. Um, just I couldn't find the Prichadash Yerdea online in Hebrew. And I could find this Rabbaz, um, even though Rav Moshe quotes the Prichadash. Um, but he says the same thing. What's interesting, though, um, is that the Rabbaz thinks he's like holding like all the rabbis, and Zarech HaShokhan thinks he's holding like all the rabbis, and they're saying the opposite thing, um, which is kind of, I guess, interesting, just like how you, uh, you know, your bias going in. Yeah. No, but they're talking about the same people. It's like, so. So, is, is the Rabbah saying that the statement in source 3 is not true? He's saying it doesn't apply to milk. Okay. That milk was not an edict. Because it couldn't have been. Because of what Emily said earlier. That, um, it's, there are too many loopholes. There's yeah. just too many, like, we, we, don't, we don't do that with, like, So, the, so the source 3 is just a general statement? It's not saying... Source 3 is talking about something else. It's, yeah. it's, not, it's not saying the milk thing was... No, no, no. Okay. Right. No, it's not talking about that. It's that's just a general concept um, that comes up here. That's what. Um, in the UK, yeah. um, there are kosher farms, kosher dairy farms. In the U.S., my understanding, when you wanted a kosher meat, you had a day where you go in, the avatar is consumed, they bring in the cows, the rabbi comes, you have such a set number of hours. In the room, you would get a kosher meat for that day. What, if you were to do Salah Yisrael, you have a rabbi come to a specific farm on a specific, like, how does it work? How do you I mean, I assume, or that, I mean, or the workers are Jewish, or the... Or they have their own farm? I, I mean, I think, like, New Square has its own milk. It has its own, uh, it's a... It's a chaser community. Like they ha they made their own milk company. Okay. Um, but and like, like sourcing all of the kosher milk in the country. I mean, or they're sourcing a lot, but not not them themselves. So it could either be they have a Jewish inspector that's there all the time, um, like you do in a lot of restaurants and things like that, or they just have a Jew on staff. I think it also allows Chazal milk with dairy cream. So it's not like they have to do it throughout the year, but I think a lot of milk is like Jews. 
which is why it gets bad so fast. It gets bad so fast. Yeah, no, it really gets bad really fast. Um, that's usually the biggest problem, <laughs> generally. Um, yeah, so, so according to this, right, so we kind of, like, use our things that we have on each side of this <laughs> Yeah. No, actually, actually, you could. Um, health and, um, and, and, quali- and, like, no, and, like, quality, like, all these things really do matter. Um, like, price also might matter, um, but the fact it's more expensive because you need special stuff, right? So now I think after all that, I think we can look at bigger picture. That's actually on the other side of the page. Um, <laughs> would someone like to read? Uh, I, I, okay. So it's remote share Feinstein, so it's, I, I put a little summary at the bottom um, of the page. Um, he's like the biggest posake that we've had in a long time, um, certainly in the last hundred years, um, enough that like this, this matter book has been, is like in just about every Jewish library you'd be able to find. Um, and um, like literally, like you're all drinking regular milk because of this, because of this paragraph on this page. Um, there's like a whole bunch of cases that we could talk about that it's like that, where like there's a, he says something and then all of a sudden like that's the opinion. Um, this is one of them. Um, and it's one of the more famous ones, um, even though we'll, we'll see it's not actually so simple, because um, he's not actually so clear that this is okay, um, which we're gonna or if we're gonna get to. Um, would someone like to read? And even have their business closed, there is definitely a fear to make sin. <laughs> fear to make the man say sin. Okay, so just at that, right? So this is that idea of mirkat that we had all the way at the beginning, this idea of fear, right? So the inspections. And so there are inspections and they're scared, right? It's not worth it. It's like they're just gonna what? So they're gonna get in a little a little pig's milk at times, but like they mm-hmm. could like lose their entire company. So it's like just not worth like you have to be able to talk them down. It's just like not like worthwhile. So they're scared. So that's the first one. Yeah. There is a great reason to be lenient even without the opinion of the people. Because essentially, knowing fully is liking to see it, just like it is the testimony of the Zimanikai. Okay, so this is that second one. This I this Gemara and Shulis. Um this idea of knowing is like seeing. So again, the inspectors make it so that we essentially can say we saw them milk the cows because the government, the inspectors make sure that they milk from the cows and therefore we can basically just say that we know and therefore we saw it. And so again, all on the, that we don't need this side. Yeah, continue. And even greater than this comes from Shakespeare in the case of seeing the dunking of a convert in the milk. So the reason I brought this in is because this one actually became semi-controversial recently. Um, so Tosfot is basically saying, right, so you have a, if you have a woman convert that's dunking in the mikvah, it's like fairly obvious, I think, that the basin shouldn't be staring at her um, because like, just like complete inappropriateness. Um, so there's a general conversation of how to handle that um, because you, you're supposed to see the convert, you're supposed to know that the convert dunks but how do you know without seeing? So Tosfot is saying you can know without seeing um, with the case of the convert dunking. And the question nowadays is, is the, the more modern question that's coming up now is to what extent do you need to know? So like generally um, what had been done for a long time is you put up a sheet and in, in between that, in between the woman and the basin, and she she dunks in, so you kind of like see it happen, even though you don't like see her at all. Um, and the controversial thing has been now the basin maybe standing outside, and then dunking in, and you hear the splash. Um, so that's kind of been the more controversial topic um, that's come on nowadays. Right. Well, who's to say she went all the way down? Who's to say she? Yeah. Right. No, yeah, so that's the that's that side. Right. 
No, exactly. Um, but the the other the other side is like to what extent do you really need to know? And like your whole purpose is to seeing it happen. Like that's your whole function there. So like if you're outside, are you really functioning in that purpose? It's like the whole. This is a whole nother uh, a whole nother tier. Um, continue. This is the concept of anani Okay, I'm going to stop you again. Um, there's this general concept of an this concept that if something's obvious to everyone, if it's like fair, if it just if it would be obvious to anyone, then you don't need to like question it. Um, kind of, it's actually one of the examples that he gives. There's a dot 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 because he gives like ten examples. Um, one of the examples he gives is a wife going to the mikvah. So how do you know your wife actually went to the mikvah? So like. I mean, it's fairly obvious. Like she went out. Like she's coming back. Her hair's wet. Like, what? What else? What else? Like happened? It's like fairly obvious that that's what she did. Um, and like, there's a whole bunch of cases we could talk about. Like a whole variety of things um, where it's like fairly just obvious that that's what happened. So you don't need to see it. You you know. Um, yeah. Continue. Therefore, this mitzvah is prohibited only when a Jew does not want. One can be lenient, as many are lenient on this that are criminal children, and many rabbis as well. And heaven forbid one should say they are not acting according to the law. Okay. So, this is his last proof. (laughs) (laughs) So, his last proof is there are a lot of people that are lenient. There are a lot of, like, some people that are lenient, many rabbis that are lenient. How could you possibly say it's not allowed? Like, all these people are doing this. All these people are drinking milk. Clearly, it's okay. Which goes back to the whole first class, this whole idea of, of halacha being like the intersection between people and rabbis. Because here it's really coming to, it could be coming to a head. Because there are people that are not keeping all of Israel. Um, but he could have said no, he's saying yes, and so therefore that's what the halakha happens. The halakha happens when like the people are postulating, or the people are saying we don't need to drink Kali Shalom and the rabbis are also saying it, and then they come together. Because the funny thing is, is that this is basically why you drink regular milk. I mean, there are other people that say it, but Ramosha was so like foundational, um, that if he said something, it's kind of like made it okay, kind of by definition. Um, the thing is, though, is that it's not that clear. However, in any event, a Baal-Mechek uh, should be stringent, and there is no issue with showing it. Therefore, I personally am stringent for myself, but those that wish to be lenient are doing this a lot for me, and one should not look at them like they are doing for them. So we hold like this guy, that we can all do something, and he doesn't even do it himself. And he says, like, it's a good thing to not do this. It's like a positive thing. You're a Balmethic. You're like, uh, I mean, it's literally translated master of the soul, but like, you're a really fun person. If you, and that's a good thing in this case. Right. Um, <laughs> that if you only drink Chalvishal. And he actually brings in this other idea of Yuara. Um, basically, there's this concept of being too stringent, and that it's like showy, like, look how stringent I can be. Um, so he actually says in this case it's not that he doesn't just let to say that it's that it's not okay to do this. Um, but in other cases he would say it's URL. Like don't just be stringent just to be stringent because like you're showing off that you can like handle Judaism better than other people, um, which isn't okay. Um, so it's interesting because this is like a whole this is like it. Yeah. So. Right. So he might say that. Um, so it's interesting that like we have this whole thing of like everyone doing all this stuff, everyone drinking regular milk because um, Ramosha said so, even though he says like you should be stringent. And I, I well, it seems that Ramosha sort of said so because people were already doing it. Right. So it seems like on some level there's like a give and take. There's like this idea of the people doing something and that going to the rabbis rather than only the other way around. Um, <laughs> but it seems like the Aruch HaShochan is doing that too, and the Rabbis are doing that too. It seems like all these rabbis are doing that at least on some level. 
Um, the Arach HaShokhan saw these people only doing Chal Yisrael, so he's going to pass in that way. Um, and the Razaz has seen all these people not doing it, and so he's going to pass in that way. So Moshe has seen all these people doing it, and so therefore it has to be okay, at least on some level. Um, but he also has to give a real reason. Like, he gives three real reasons why it's fine. Um, so, like, there needs to be some equilibrium like that, where, like, there's a there are real halachic reasons to say it's something um, you can be lenient or strict, and the people also need to kind of find that as well. And when that happens, um, that's when you get no zero on regular milk. Because um, it's even, like, it gets a little more complicated, because this is 148, but 140, well, this is 147, but 148 and 149 are similar questions. I mean, it's actually strict. Um, somebody asks him, I want to have milk at my school. Do I have to get Chalav Yisrael? It's a little more expensive. The answer says yes, for exactly the reason um, that we said earlier um, of this idea of, of it might not stay the same. Like, who's to say the halachas, the inspectors are always going to be that way, and 20 years from now, um, they're going to think all milk is kosher, and it's not, it won't be, even though it is now. And so that will be a problem, so we need to teach people. Um, so it's funny, it's just like, it's crazy, I think, that, that like, this is okay, and, like, and we're going to drink it, um, even though he's like fairly strict on the issue, um, even though like, there are other people that are hold this way, um, so I don't want to say that he's the only one, um, but it's where that hits, where the people are doing something and the rabbis can give reasons why it's okay. That's, that's where kind of halakhic moves. Um, any other questions? You mean in this? Um, okay, and you remember? Um, so I mean, first, somebody asks him, "Should I, um, should I, should I drink Chal Yisrael? It's it's available and it's not that much more expensive." And he basically says yes. Um, then the other one is the school one, um, where he he tells them even to spend more um, to do it. Uh, there's a third one because it goes to 149. Yeah, I don't know any off the top of my head. So, yeah. Fallon drinks from an effort, right? Not the episode of Fallon, but it says that he cows he bows to Jesus. Oh, yeah, I have to know. Maybe, right. And that's why we don't bow to the ground except on Yom Kippur because it would be Shelley. Thank you everyone for coming.